A marvelous Monday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, a very special Saturday night at the FedEx Forum as the Grizzlies retired the number of Zach Randolph. How they made the night even more special by holding on to get a victory over the surging Houston Rockets. How the Grizzlies are doing exactly what they needed to do in order to find success without John Morant, how they're going to have to especially do it being a little shorthanded in the front court against Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. All that and much more on this edition of the Locked Up Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked Up Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having an outstanding start to your day. Of course, you can find the podcast, Locked On Grizzlies, wherever you can find podcasts, free on all platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. You can also find me, Sean Coleman, at StatsSAC on Twitter, credential media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the team now for four years, your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. You can also find the show at Locked on Grizz. If you can find us here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you enjoy the show. Let's others be able to find the show and just makes the show in general as great of an experience as it can be for all who look to enjoy it. Of course, we also want to remind you of our title sponsor for today's show, Prize Picks. Make sure you check out Prize Picks, the greatest opportunity for you when it comes to DFS opportunities, DFS props to certainly profit off your sports knowledge. Check out Prize Picks. Today, So what an outstanding night it was on Saturday night when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. In my opinion, one of the more memorable nights that we have seen in recent history when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, don't get me wrong. Many nights have been memorable over the past few years, mainly due to John Morant, obviously, being a Memphis Grizzly in general. But also, it was the first in franchise history, the Memphis Grizzlies retiring the number of Zach Randolph. And there was nobody more deserving than Zach Randolph, what he's meant to this franchise, what he's meant to the the city of Memphis overall, just how special he was to everybody involved, basically just making the Grizzlies, putting the Grizzlies on the map. Listen, people knew the Grizzlies were here, but he was the first super first person to give the Grizzlies some definition, to help build a brand, to help build an identity, to help build sustained success. So he was more than deserving. It was certainly a special night. Make sure you check out the documentary, uh, hashtag 50 for the city. Also, the Ice Cube narrated tribute to Zach Randolph, and obviously also the um, the Jersey retirement itself, all on social media, wherever you choose to enjoy your videos. But of course, there also was a game to be played, and it was the Grizzlies who took on the Houston Rockets. And once again, the Memphis Grizzlies had some unexpected occurrences happen hours before the game. One positive was that after Dylan Brooks was out this past Thursday night due to being in health and safety protocols, the Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks actually got some positive news and that Dylan Brooks was able to be back 
for the game against the Houston Rockets. Unfortunately, and the reason why Dylan Brooks being back was so huge was that on Saturday night, the Grizzlies also got news that Jaron Jackson Jr. would likely be out for Saturday night's game as he was just precautionary, making sure that his knee, he woke up with a little bit of soreness, obviously likely due to not having rested this year. He obviously has been utilized for more minutes. His usage overall has been higher. It's likely that he's going to be good to go. Though he has a questionable status for tonight's game, you would have to anticipate he's good to go. But the Grizzlies were going to be without Jaron Jackson Jr., and they would be going against the Houston Rockets team that was coming into the game on Saturday night, having won seven straight games. Unexpectedly, surprisingly, whatever you want to call it, but the Rockets, as I mentioned on Friday, were able to find success because over the previous two weeks, they had been a top-five team shooting the three, but also a top-five team defending the three. And what did the Grizzlies do in order to get the victory over Houston on Saturday night? They prevented them from doing exactly that. The Grizzlies were actually the team that shot the three decently on Saturday night, but they also did a very good job of limiting Houston's ability to get going from three. The Grizzlies got the lead early, an 11-1 lead as a matter of fact. Houston worked their way back. Unfortunately, an injury to Steven Adams where he rolled his ankle. I believe it was right before halftime, right after halftime. Unfortunately, an injury to Steven Adams required that the Grizzlies were going to have to go deeper into their bench where players like Xavier Tillman and Killian Tilly and Kyle Anderson obviously had to play more minutes than they usually do. And the Houston Rockets used that to their advantage, right? They were able to find some balance. They were able to start making a few threes, but also utilize the combination of Christian Wood and Alperin Shingen, who is a phenomenal rookie. He had an, a very good game. On Saturday night, the Rockets started finding success going inside to exploit the fact that the Grizzlies just didn't have a lot of size since Jaron was unavailable and Steven Adams was now out of the game. But the Grizzlies once again found success being able to create turnovers, being able to convert defense into offense, and they also were able to balance out their scoring ability with Desmond Bain once again having 19 threes and three, three, three threes on the night, but Dylan Brooks stepping up having a season-high 25 points. The Grizzlies needed a go-to score without the supporting scoring of Steven Adams and the overall scoring ability of Jaron Jackson Jr. And that's actually that's absolutely what Dylan Brooks was able to do on a consistent basis on Saturday night. He was able to get the, he was able to find enough rhythm to give the Grizzlies a consistent scoring option, and that made the difference in the game. It helped the Grizzlies weather the storm until they were able to figure out a way to win. But enough can't be said about how this Grizzlies depth is continuing to step up. And on Saturday night, it was the defense just as much as it was the offense. We'll talk about it a bit more in detail in just a moment. But it was the overall defense, Killian Tilly, a block and a steal. Xavier Tillman all over the place with, with his with deflections, his hands, being able to guard on the perimeter as well as in the post. The Anthony Melton getting turnovers. Everybody contributed in, on both sides of the ball. And Killian Tilly, especially a career high, I believe, 12 points. Actually, it wasn't a career high. It was a season high, at least. One of the best games he has played in the NBA. 12 points overall. Very good defense. Jarek Culver had a good extended run for the second straight game in which he got rotation minutes. The Grizzlies were able to find success against the Rockets because they pinpointed 
how to stop what had made the Rockets so successful. The Rockets being able to defend the three and shoot the three. The Grizzlies were better in both of those aspects of the game. The Grizzlies had the best go-to score of the game, which was Dylan Brooks, and the Grizzlies' depth was able to step up, not just offensively, because at times the, the offense still certainly struggled when Tyus Jones was off the court, and obviously without Jaron and John Morant. But the Grizzlies were able to find enough balance on offense to support their defense in order to win the game. But make no mistake about it, again, as amazing as it is to see Desmond Bain step up like he has, to see Dylan, to see Jaron, to see to a lesser extent all the different depth options for the Grizzlies step up. Enough also can't be said about Kyle Anderson. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, I believe a block and a steal. Arguably his best game of the year. He was outstanding when it was needed most as well with both Jaron out, Brandon Clark out, and Steven Adams obviously being injured. But make no mistake about it. The Grizzlies' depth has been outstanding. The offensive, the, the um, Jared Jackson, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks stepping up when they need to offensively. That has been great to see. But the calling card of this team now with John Morant is its defense once again. And the crazy thing is, it's an exact mirror image of what allowed the Grizzlies to be successful without John Morant last year. It's what's allowing for them to be successful once again this year. I'll detail that in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about a way for you to be able, you know, when it comes to Taylor Jenkins, he unfortunately has the task from time to time of juggling different lineups because the Grizzlies right now just unfortunately have a lot of injuries that we're dealing with. Well, I can tell you this, you probably at times have juggled the fact that you're trying to watch many different things, sports, movies, your favorite TV shows, but you have all these different places that you have to go to just to watch. You get to borrow passwords, look at different, you know, um, electronic devices, what have you. If you want to stop having to go through all that and you want a place to where you can get your TV together, it's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we'll discuss, obviously, the game tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll review that game and then the 76ers are going to be one of the more talked-about teams around the NBA with the December 5th deadline, which makes many players in the NBA eligible for trades, and potentially it could give, give an early start to the trade season. Reviewing the 76ers game and how might the Grizzlies look at be in the equation, if at all, when it comes to that December 15th deadline later this week, all that and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So the Grizzlies have now played seven games without John Morant. And last year, they played eight games without John Morant. If you look at the Grizzlies last year, they were five and four, including the Nets game, the third game of last season, where John Morant went out due to injury. This year, the Grizzlies have played eight games where either John, that John Morant didn't finish, if you count the Hawks game where he got injured. Last year, the Grizzlies were five and four. This year so far, they're six and two. Now, the Grizzlies' offense 
this time around certainly has been better than the Grizzlies' offense was last year. And a big reason why is because you have a Desmond Bain and you have a, a Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, you, you have a you know much more resourceful Desmond Bain. You have Jaron Jackson Jr. healthy. You have a better version of Dylan Brooks this year than you did last year. So it makes sense as to why the Grizzlies' offense is a bit better. And that has been a big reason why the Grizzlies have had success. But as I mentioned, when John Morant went down to injury, if the Grizzlies were going to tread water, if they were going to survive, it was going to be to their defense. And specifically, the opportunistic nature of their defense and the ability to have that lead to their defense turning into offense, allowing for them to create turnovers on defense, steals, blocks, deflections, what have you, allowing for their defense to create opportunities where the Grizzlies can get out on the run and they could have not only more opportunities before the defense gets set. The Grizzlies out on the run versus in a half-court setting without John Morant, they're much more successful out on the run than in a half-court setting without Morant. So the more often the Grizzlies can get out on the run and can get go through an offensive possession without the defense being set, the better off they are. And the fact that they're able to turn their defense into offense allows for them to do that. But another key thing, is that without John Morant's paint scoring and the Grizzlies overall continuing to struggle a bit from three, turn, letting defense turn into offense is also a great opportunity for the Grizzlies to get that possession battle, for them to have significantly more shots per game than their opponent. And with the Grizzlies missing the players that they are right now, Brandon Clark was out, Kyle Anderson's been out, Dylan Brooks has missed a game, Jaron Jackson has missed a game, obviously John Morant. Without some of their better offensive talents, the Grizzlies relying on the opportunity to create quantity since their quality is going to be a bit less now with some of the players that they're missing. That is the big result that comes from their defense being opportunistic. And the defense has been exactly that. Let's compare a few things. Last year, when the Grizzlies were without John Morant, in the, in the nine-game stretch that John Morant did not finish a game due to being injured, here's where the Grizzlies ranked. They were first in the NBA in defensive rating. They were third in turnover scores per game, first in steals, and third in points off turnovers. The Grizzlies were top five last year without John Morant in defensive rating, turnover scores per game, steals per game, and points off turnovers. Turning defense into offense. That's what helped them out. And they were able to do that despite the fact that during that stretch, they also were arguably the worst team in the NBA shooting the three. So not only did they have to overcome being without jaw, they also had to overcome with the three-point ball, just basically not being an asset at all. Thankfully, this year's Grizzlies are not having to go through that type of struggle, and that's why offensively, they certainly have been significantly better without jaw now than they were last year. But, just like they were top five last year without during the stretch without jaw in defensive rating, points or uh, defensive rating, turnovers forced per game, steals per game, and points off turnovers, they're exactly that this year. Over the stretch of time, since basically Thanksgiving, through eight games in which John Moran has not finished, over that stretch, the Grizzlies are second in the NBA in defensive rating, second in turnovers forced. First in steals per game, the Grizzlies are averaging 11.6 steals per game, and they're tied for first in points off turnovers. Once again, the Grizzlies have turned into a top five defense when they needed it the most 
without their best player. Now, I will certainly have the discussion about, well, perhaps the reason why they've been able to do this is because we do know that jaw at times can be a liability on defense. Perhaps we're now getting an indication just how big of a liability he is, and this defense is just so much better without him on the court. It's not true. I don't buy that at all. There's no, there, the numbers don't suggest it. Yes, they suggest the defense is better with jaw off than with him on, yes. But any version of an argument you want to come up with, that for the, that the Grizzlies, the only way they can play effective defense is with jaw off the court, I don't believe that at all. There have been stretches this year where Jaw actually has improved the defense when he's been on the court. So that, that's not that's not true. I will say this again: Jaw Morant can be a liability at times on defense, and yes, you can put five players on the court who overall likely can contribute more on defense than Jaw Morant can. Of course, you can say that about a lot of NBA players. But in no way, shape, or form is this suggesting that the best version of the Grizzlies team with a top five defense is one where Jaw is not playing. It's just not true. So let's put that to the side. What I do feel is certainly the case is a couple of things. Number one, the Grizzlies are continuing to improve and evolve individually when it comes to their defensive play. Desmond Bain's getting better. Tyus Jones has gotten better. Jaron Jackson Jr. has gotten better. Steven Adams has gotten better. Over this stretch of time as well, the Grizzlies are scoring 15 more points in the paint per game than their opponents. They're only allowing 39.3 points in the paint. The Grizzlies' overall paint defense with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams has gotten significantly better. So overall, individual improvement, either from young players continuing to develop or veterans either coming back from injury like Dylan or getting adjusted to new schemes like Steven Adams, that's all come together to help out. So that's one reason why, individual improvement. The other thing that's helped out is Dylan certainly being back, and it's allowed the rest of the defense to get back into the regular roles and truly focus. I feel that with Dylan being back, you have players in their regular roles, and they're better able to balance when to be disciplined and when to be opportunistic. That plays a part as well. But the big key for me as to why the Grizzlies are so opportunistic, why they've been so good at being able to turn defense into offense is because it goes from top to bottom, from 1 to 12 or 1 to 15, as the Grizzlies say. You go up and down the Grizzlies lineup, you see that almost every single player is either producing above average to elite steal rates compared to the rest of the NBA, or they are they are producing steal rates at the highest level of their careers. Not just the Anthony Melton, not just Dylan Brooks, not just Jaron Jackson Jr., who were thought of as being you know our key guys when it comes to getting turnovers created, but even Killian Tilly, um, uh, John Moran before he got hurt. Tyus Jones, Dylan Brooks has the best steal rate of his career, um, but Xavier Tillman as well. The Grizzlies' depth is what sets them apart when it comes to their defense because their depth is not just about bodies being in there that can occasionally play offense well or bodies being coming in who can add positive value. The Grizzlies' reserves, the Grizzlies' bench unit, literally is one of the best defensive benches in the NBA. And the strength of their defensive ability is creating turnovers. So, yes, part of it is the Grizzlies realizing that without their best player, they had no choice but to go to their strength, which is defense. 
Yes, individual improvement and Dylan Brooks being back certainly helps. But it's the ability for this entire roster. It's not only this depth that we consistently talk about. It's not the depth in general. It's not nice to have you know capable players 1 through 14 to be able to play. It's the fact that the in, of the majority of those players, a strength of their skill sets is playing opportunistic defense, and Taylor Jenkins is able to figure out what lineup combinations consistently maximize the ability to play opportunistic defense. That is what is standing out. And the thing is, is that this team is making a little bit of history as well. The Memphis Grizzlies, twice in their franchise history, have a seven-game streak in which they produce 10 or more steals in each game. They've done that twice, and the franchise record is seven games. They have that streak active right now. Tonight, if the Grizzlies force 10 or more steals, they'll set a new franchise record for most games in a row with 10-plus steals. And they've done it without John Moran. The only other time that they did it, last year, when they didn't have John Moran. And the Grizzlies are the only team since the 2018-2019 season to have seven or more games in which they had 10 or more steals in each game consecutively. And they've done it twice. And it's been without John Moran. So whatever narratives you may have, that's fine. But the key thing is this, is that the Grizzlies, even without being at full health, they do have some of their best talents available to use in different lineup combinations who maximize this team's ability to be opportunistic and to create turnovers and let defense turn into offense. And it's not just one player. It's not Melton going off defensively. It's not Jaron. It's not Dylan every single night. It is a complete team effort because the strengths of many of the Grizzlies' depth options and main options right now, this one of their biggest strengths is the ability to be opportunistic effectively on defense. And it's the reason why they're winning and the reason why they truly have emerged as one of the better teams in the Western Conference. And this type of production, if it could continue, which we hope it will, which the Grizzlies have plenty of experience now from last year into this year, knowing how to sustain this effort. If this can continue, the Grizzlies can get healthy. And especially when Jaw returns, this is how they can sustain the success that they're having right now. Matching the offensive ability of the Grizzlies with Jaw Morant at the helm with a very opportunistic defense that also can balance out knowing when to be disciplined, as it did on Saturday night. When it needed to stop one of the hotter three-point shooting teams from shooting the three, the Grizzlies did exactly that, but they were also able to balance effective general and one-on-one defense with opportunistic defense as well. So the Grizzlies, once again, are turning into one of the better defensive teams in the league due to their ability to force turnovers and turn defense into offense, and it's made all the difference in the world. Well, tonight, it's going to be a bit tougher to do that, going against the Philadelphia 76ers. Why that is, and how are the Grizzlies going to find some success against the 76ers, especially with Joel Embiid likely playing and the Grizzlies being shorthanded on the front court, I'll discuss in just a moment. But before we get to that, you know, again, I constantly talk about the Grizzlies loving the idea of having options, and it's because it's great for them to have that. And that's what they have when it comes to different lineup combinations that they can use. Well, you may like to have different combinations of snacks when it comes to your daily routine. And if that's the case, there were over 18 different flavors you can choose from when it comes to BuiltBar.com. Now, Built.com. Now, 
Built Bar itself will be the consistent snacks. The great health, the, the great boost of health, energy that tastes great. More having it in the morning for breakfast, have it for have it in the afternoon for a snack. But you can choose from over 18 different flavors at built.com. And if you go put in the promo code LOCK15 at built.com, you'll get 15% off of your next order. Make sure you make Built Bar part of your day. Go to built.com, put in the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Another thing I can tell you is this. Listen, the Grizzlies may be hard to bet on this year because of the fact that they're so up and down. They're so inconsistent, yet now they've gotten consistent without their best player. But if you love waging, wagering and betting in general, you'll certainly love betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest place for you to bet online. With the new updated version of its website, you can enjoy it on a laptop or on a mobile device. Make sure you put in the promo code locked on to get 50% off your next order from or your next bet from BetOnline. You get a 50% welcome bonus, not 50% off. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Football, basketball, NHL, USC, whatever you enjoy betting on, BetOnline is the place for you to do it. Make sure to check out betonline.ag today. And when you put in the promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we will discuss, obviously, the reaction to the Grizzlies having a tough matchup tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. And while many around the NBA think that we could have an unusually active start to the trade deadline season once December 15th could get here, what could the Grizzlies possibly be involved, if involved at all? I'll, just, I'll look at a lot of different perspectives for that on tomorrow's show. Well, the Philadelphia 76ers are in town tonight to finish up the Grizzlies' four-game homestand. And like the Grizzlies, the 76ers can be a bit of an enigma, and there's no better example of that than their past two games. The Philadelphia 76ers come into the game, coming to tonight's game, 15-12. and 12, And their usually stellar defense has been up and down for much of the season, especially when you consider their 18th in defensive rating overall this year, when they typically have been among the best teams in the NBA. Of course, I'm not going to get into this part of things. Being without Ben Simmons and his defensive impact certainly plays a part in that. But the 76ers, being at 15-12, and 12, they have had a bit of success recently as they've been eighth in the NBA in defensive rating. The Grizzlies actually have been better, but the 76ers have been eighth in the NBA over their past 10 games when it comes to defensive rating. So they are getting a bit better on defense, and they've had good defensive performances, but they've also been up and down. For instance, on thir last Thursday night, the 76ers lost by 22 points to the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, we all know they're an offensive buzzsaw. buzzsaw. The Grizzlies more than others with how much we played them this year. But the, but the um, Jazz just couldn't be stopped. 76ers couldn't figure out anything at all to stop them, and they lost by 22. Well, then on Saturday night, what did the 76ers do? They turn around and they put together one of the best defensive performances against Seth Cur or Steph Curry in recent memory. Matisse Steibel held Steph to 2 of 13 shooting. They held the Warriors to 93 points and beat the Warriors 102 to 93. So either the 76ers can inexplicably play to a level where they lose to a team that they shouldn't lose to, or they can play well enough to beat anybody in the NBA, including stopping Steph Curry. That's the defensive potential that's still there on this team with names like Matisse Steibel and Joel Embiid. So you're going to get a very good defensive matchup when it comes to this Philadelphia 76ers team. And that is a bit concerning, in my opinion, when it comes to the Grizzlies. 
Because if the Grizzlies, and hopefully they'll have Jaron Jackson Jr. again, who is questionable for tonight's game, if the Grizzlies are going to be without John Moran, they're going to be without Brandon Clark, they're likely going to be without Steven Adams, Zaire Williams, and Sam Merrill. Obviously, the big kicker there is John Moran. But the depth being reduced in the front court without Steven Adams and without Brandon Clark, and especially so if Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't play, Joel Embiid is going to be a force on both ends of the court. Because the Grizzlies probably don't want to sit here and have Jaron focus on stopping just Embiid because then that will take away his overall ability to defend the paint. But he may have to with how you know much of an impact Embiid can make offensively. And then defensively, Jaron's probably going to have a tougher time if Embiid is guarding him, being able to get into the lane and finding his shot. This With the Grizzlies' lack of front court depth, especially with Steven Adams being out, this is a very good opportunity for Joel Embiid to have one of his better games of the year. And if he does, that's going to make things tough on the Grizzlies to be able to win. So the presence of Joel Embiid is certainly one thing that the Grizzlies are going to have to focus on. But the other thing is, is that this Philadelphia 76ers defense actually matches up very well with the Grizzlies. Because if you look at Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain, as being the one-two combination that have helped the Grizzlies' offense stay consistent at times, even though it looked like it was going to sputter. You've got Matisse Thybulle for the 76ers. You could put him on Desmond Bain. And, of course, Joel Embiid on Jeremy Jackson Jr. That's two all-NBA-level defenders on our two best or most consistent scoring options right now. So if the 76ers are going to be effective in taking away Jaron's scoring ability, and Desmond's scoring ability, you're now going to have to ask for the Grizzlies' depth to once again step up and score like they did. Another 20-point night from Dylan Brooks. Another 15-plus scoring night for Kyle Anderson. Another 10-plus scoring night for Tyus Jones. Plus 30 or 40 points at least from the bench. When you don't have just a lot of go-to scoring options off the bench, DeAnthony Melton having a big night tonight would be effective as well. But how are the Grizzlies going to stop Joel Embiid while also recognizing that on the offensive uh, end of the floor for the Grizzlies, they're going to have a tough time going through Desmond Bain, going through Jaron Jackson Jr. like they usually have because the 76ers have answers to Bain and Thibel and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Embiid. That could be effective in stopping those guys. That's why they're all NBA-level defenders. So it's going to truly take another effort. It's going to be another game where it's going to require other depth options for the Grizzlies to step up like they did on Saturday night. But a couple of other things that stand out as far as aspects of the games go are that the 76ers have the third lowest turnovers per game in the league. They're one of the best at taking care of the ball. And they also are first in terms of fewest opponent steals per game. So the Grizzlies are going to be facing one of their tougher challenges over the past few weeks when it comes to creating turnovers, when it comes to finding ways to turn defense into offense. But another huge, huge thing is this. The Grizzlies are going to have to shoot free throws well. They're going to have to make their free throws. The 76ers are number one in the NBA in free throw percentage of all teams in the NBA this year. And we all know that one of the reasons why a lot of these games have been closer than they should have been over this streak, though the Grizzlies are 6-2 and two without jaw, is because they haven't been able to hit their free throws. So the Grizzlies are going to have to figure out a way to at least limit Embiid. 
Somebody else is going to have to step up. Actually, uh, several folks are going to have to step up offensively. If Matisse Eibel is going to be able to, you know, contain Bain and uh, Embiid is able to contain Jaron Jackson Jr., I'm not saying that it's a guarantee. Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. may go off for 45-plus points combined tonight. It's just going to be harder to do with the defensive matchups they're likely going to draw. So the Grizzlies are going to have to do a better, or they're going to have to continue to do a good job of other options stepping up and scoring more than they usually would. But in terms of aspects of the game, the Grizzlies are going to have to figure out a way, whether it be through second-chance points or whether it be through trying to create turnovers, it's going to be a bit harder for them to do that with how disciplined and well Philadelphia takes care of the ball. But speaking of discipline, with the 76ers leading the NBA in free-throw shooting percentages, the Grizzlies are going to have to make their own at a high level. It's going to be a tough matchup. And the thing is this, the Grizzlies have been able to figure out how to make these tough matchups work in their favor, how to make games go the way the Grizzlies want it to do. But at some point, the Grizzlies' lack of depth is likely going to continue to come up and make things harder for them to be able to find success with. And I do think that that could happen tonight, especially with if Embiid, Thibel, and others. You also got to watch Seth Curry's ability to shoot the three. If the 76ers are experiencing a lot of their players playing at their levels, it's going to be a tough task for the Grizzlies to win. But if the Grizzlies can somehow limit Embiid, find another group scoring effort to support Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. if both of them are limited tonight, but also figure out a way to be able to still get the possession edge, whether it be second chance points, fast break points, what have you, since there may not be as many turnovers to force tonight and hit free throws. Those are the four things the Grizzlies are going to have to do to be able to win. I certainly think they'll have a chance. I do think it'll be a tough task, but I'm certainly looking forward to seeing if the Grizzlies can make it seven out of nine without John Morant, and if their defense, once again, can step up and be a big reason why. Thank you so much for joining us here at La- on La- this episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter, myself at StatsSAC, the podcast wherever it's available, and also here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. My name's Sean Coleman. Hope you have a great Monday. Make sure you check out Locked on Fantasy NBA as your second listen of the day after Locked on Grizzlies is your first. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.